Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Wagner Dos Santos, and this is Wagner Live. In this episode, I have a very special guest uh, whom I will be interviewing, Ross Brand from Livestream Universe. And I've known Ross for, for quite some time, starting from the days of a, of a format, a platform once called Blab. It, uh, it may appear in your history books at some point, <laughs> and it was a, a somewhat failed attempt, but uh, definitely a very honest uh, attempt to uh, to create a live streaming community. But out of that emerged many uh, great uh, live streaming personalities and friendships, and Ross is definitely one of them. He he comes from a, a, a strong background. He was a former radio on-air personality, a reporter, show host. He also created a live stream universe.com to highlight those broadcasters and brands producing high quality content via various uh, live streaming platforms. Now, Ross hosts three monthly shows, um, hashtag live stream news, live stream sports, and ask the expert. Uh, maybe some others uh, that we don't know about, and he'll fill us in, I'm sure. Uh, he also is the co-founder of HR uh, Avant-Garde, and he's a uh, which I'm very interested in uh, finding out more about. He's a popular uh, guest lecturer on social media, uh, HR, career-related topics at NYU, uh, which is uh, right around my former uh, stomping grounds and my my home. Um, and Ross helps uh, organizations and individuals optimize and maximize their social media presence and digital marketing campaigns. And somewhere uh, in between, he finds time to eat and sleep. Um, so, <laughs> so it's my pleasure, everyone, to introduce to you uh, my good friend, Ross Brand. Hello, Ross. Hey, Wagner. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoy your show, and it's, it's an honor to be a guest on it. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it, the honor is mine, definitely, to have you on. I, um, you are definitely someone that uh, we all admire and respect in the, uh, in the live streaming community. You've, uh, you've given... Uh, definitely a lot of support and you've you've and we're going to talk about that how uh, right. through your efforts you've really brought the community together um, now I know I know when we were talking about this earlier um, well actually b before I even start <laughs> I know that my, my <laughs> podcast listeners won't be able to see what I'm talking about but have you noticed that I'm, I'm shooting from from a different perspective and angle today than my typical show yeah, I noticed that. So I'm trying something different today because um, I listened to your. Um, now let's see, you did a live show with uh, I forget I forget the woman's name now. Um, uh, Luria Petrucci from yes. uh, Live Streaming Pros. Exactly, and she was talking about framing, right? And right. one of the things she said, which I I really uh, thought was interesting, she was talking about framing the shot as well to where your head is closer to the top edge of the frame as opposed to being centered and for for some of us that are just you know that aren't uh, uh video broadcasters um we those are some things that we didn't really think about i always thought oh i guess i got to be in the center of the of the square but she's actually saying your head should be toward the top edge so i tried something a little bit different today <laughs> and brought my camera out of the tripod and into a lower uh a lower bounce i don't know does it look okay oh, nice yeah it looks good <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad that the show was of value. Laurie's got a lot of a lot of great advice for people. It was it was good. Yeah, it was very very good. I I really enjoyed it. So thank you for doing that. So, uh, so what I was gonna say is that when we talked about uh the program a little bit, you know, I was talking about going through some of your background, which definitely your fans uh, and followers know a little bit about. But I don't think my my podcast audience um uh, knows too much, and I think they it would be really interesting to know, you know, how you know, your passion that you have from a, from a broadcaster now translated into live streaming. Do you want to share a little bit about sure. that? Sure. So, um, when I, I started out in high school, um, took a journalism class and started writing for the school paper and the, the local town newspaper, and then did a little bit of writing, um, for a school newspaper in college as well. And then got a, got some, some jobs writing for newspapers after, I graduated from college and at some point I just started to get this bug. Like I want to try radio. And when I, when I just tried playing around on a college radio station, I was like, wow, this is fun. 
I don't have to write so much. I can just talk all day. This is great. Um, so anyway, I, I, I went into radio and I ended up being in radio for about 10 years and I covered sports. Um, I, I did everything from uh, reporting from games to um, anchoring updates and sportscasts to play by play hosting shows. I, I did some of everything. And after 10 years, I, I had some other interests and I, I decided to get out of broadcasting and pursue that. And, you know, it was a great experience, but I figured I'd never really, you know, I, I just didn't see it being on my radar again. Right. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I found this little thing called blab. Right. And we try not to mention the B word. Right. We try not to talk <laughs> too much about that platform. Um, but in spite of the criticisms, right, and and we know what we know them all, and you know them all, and we've been through it several times. Um, that there, that's where I discovered. I discovered you. I discovered so many different people. People who are watching uh, today. I I mean, who are now important parts of my life, and I communicate with on a regular basis. Um, it was through Blab that I discovered them. But the first thing I noticed when I got on Blab is wow, there's some people on this who are really good at this. That's, you know, they may not have a broadcasting background, but they're, they're really good at communicating in this format. And basically the first, my first instinct was this is talk radio with webcams. And it kind of reminded me what I liked about radio when I first got into it in college radio station and that kind of thing where, you know, you're just doing your own thing. That's not, you're not worried about management and, you know, politics right. and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so the so I just wanted to showcase what people were doing. So I started the Livestream Universe Twitter account at Livestream Uni. And within eight days of just tweeting what shows were going to be on Blab, because there's no real TV guide for this, although Blab did have better discovery back in the day. Um I had like 500 followers like within a week and I was thinking, okay, there's a passionate community around that. Now it didn't grow at that rate going forward, right? It's a small community, but it's a passionate community and it is growing, you know, uh, somewhat. So I started a website and whatever. And again, I, I was just thinking I'm going to just kind of cover this as a, as a hobby, right. And not really get on camera or anything like that. And then I did a couple of like, you know, call ins or whatever. I hop on for five minutes, hop off. I, I had not used my webcam other than a couple 10 minute stints on Google Hangouts on air. <laughs> so I really have no. And, and you can tell from my, my background and stuff like that, that I haven't yet set up, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the complete visual presentation for those people who are, are, sure, are watching sure. on video um but it's all about the conversation and i loved it and eventually i couldn't hold back so i started doing a show called live stream stars actually a year ago tomorrow mm -hmm. and i started doing it on monday nights at 7 p.m eastern and you know once i started doing that i i just fell in love with broadcasting again through you know live streaming and and continue to highlight what other people were doing and so forth. And then I guess in terms of, um, you know, really sharing what others are doing, the updates that I started doing on, in video form, uh, I think maybe June or July, that's that's really where, you know, I, I feel like I started to really make an impact with that in addition to what I was doing uh, with the show that that really was right. was like now now I can really showcase people in video form, which is what, you know, this is about. Right. You're talking right. about people on video. Why not do it in video form? And now I've also um, just within the last couple of weeks turned it into a podcast as well. So uh, people can listen on the go, even if they don't have time to, you know, watch on Facebook or, or YouTube or on my website. That's great. No, I, I think it's a great resource. Uh, uh, we all enjoy it, and I I don't see why that won't gain even further traction, plus from people that um, maybe are newbies to live streaming content um, and want to want to see what's out there and and what 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 they might be interested in. And uh, I, I think I think it's definitely a great resource. And um, I 
I've been a big supporter and I wish you luck in growing it. Um, it's, uh, it's been very interesting to see, you know, some of your developments with it, with um, also now adding some little um, snippets, some teasers uh, from, uh, from some of the different live stream broadcasters. So is that something you see uh, developing further? Definitely. Um, you know, I it started out as basically kind of a, a rundown, right? This is these are the shows going on today and these are the guests and the time and the channel and that kind of thing. Um, but really, in order to showcase people doing good things on live video, having video clip and for the podcast, it translates nicely to an audio clip because these are all talk shows anyway. Um, having that video, somebody sending me. 10 seconds, 30 second clip of something that happened in their show or making a, a little story about something going on and then having live streamers comment on. It. So a platform has an update or uh, somebody starting a new show and getting a couple of clips from people. Not so much come watch my show, but I'm going to them as I talk about it. And there's there's sort of a source of information or a source of expertise on something. Um, so it's it's something I'm trying to explain to people because it's not, you know, hey, I'm doing a show tonight. Please come come watch. No, I'm already going to announce that this is your chance to show your expertise and show show what your your knowledge is, because most people who are doing this are doing it to showcase something that they want to do or to monetize it in some way or or just, you know, to continue to build their personal brand. So. Showcase right. your knowledge, showcase your personality and all that. And then I'll do a story around that. So the story is you're launching a new show. I ask you what the show's about. You send me a couple of clips. I put those clips in and then I say, and you can catch the first episode on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or whatever. And and that way um, it has a life of its own beyond the show. Right. Like if you just send me like a, a promo for a show and, and that's fine until that show's over and then it's not worth too much. But if it's right. a story, if I do a story about what you're doing or you're shedding expertise, you're shedding light on something that's happening in the industry, then that piece lasts for you. Right. You can repurpose right. that and it can be something you put on your website or on your YouTube in intro or whatever. And I'm not saying people need to do that, but that's where I want the update to go so that people who don't have time to necessarily watch every show or stay on top of the schedule can see what people are doing when they come to the update. And people say, OK, Wagner's still got a show. He's still doing it at this time. He's talking about this. He changed to this kind of view instead of that kind of view because I saw a clip, you know, and. Hopefully people will send me clips and um, I love to, I love to use them and, you know, I can help people if they're unsure of kind of what what content or what makes for a good clip. But generally like 10 to 30 seconds or it could be multiple clips. But I find the 10 to 30 second range keeps things moving. Then I come in, I say a sentence or two, then we go back to another clip. And uh, I think it's great for the podcast version, too, to have different voices and and that kind of thing. So that's it's really a, an opportunity that I hope people take advantage of. And if anybody saw my update today, I took a clip from from last night's uh, live stream stars. And that's kind of what I'd like to see people doing. But I've also worked in. I had you talking about uh, what was going on in marketing one day when we and then I talked about your show and, and other people have commented on the different platforms and what's going well with those platforms or what they don't like or they'd like to see or, you know, anything else in the news. I, I mean, it's amazing how live video is now in the news every single day. There's something right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, um, you know, you when you talked about your background, uh, you talked about your uh, radio broadcasting experience and how you translated that. And I think uh, you've made a really good point by saying that it's it's kind of like talk radio on video. And uh, and it really is. I think some of the some of the more successful programs are those that are uh, conversational. And and now you add that layer of video to now piece together the whole puzzle. You got 
comfortable with someone with their voice and you could kind of feel their personality through their voice or hear their personality through the voice now you can actually see them and you can you can see their facial expressions and uh, sometimes uh, although i don't know what you think sometimes that's not that's not all that great for uh someone with radio broadcasting experience because they're not used to being in front of the camera they're just used to focusing on their voice and tone so they don't always make the the greatest facial expressions but, oh yeah right i i, I know i know believe <laughs> me i know um I, I when I first started, I didn't realize how like, you know, subtle movements when you're on the screen like this stand out much more. So I've, you know, not saying that I, I'm sitting still or by any stretch of the imagination. But when I first started, I was going like this. And, you know, I didn't just didn't know because, you know, in radio, you never think about it. It's all about the presentation um, verbally. It's not about, you know, how you look, you could, you, you know, you don't even have to wear clothes if you don't want to. Right. If you're, you know, right. so, um, yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> no, but believe me, if you went to radio stations, you think like, okay, somebody's got a voice and they're talking about uh, the financial markets and, you know, boy, they must be sitting in a three piece suit and a fancy, uh, you know, right. <laughs> does anybody wear a three piece suit? But whatever, <laughs> in some sort of fancy, you know, sky rise or whatever. And the, the truth is they may be in a basement studio with, you know, jeans and a T-shirt and a half backwards or whatever. But it's oh, all about the illusion that you can create with your voice, whereas yep. here you actually have to make the picture at least somewhat match what you're trying to communicate and. You know, however you have done it, I mean, you have such a nice setup there with your books in the background. And, oh, you know, you had that view that looks looks really like a radio studio where you have either a mirror or a window. And it's it's very impressive. It's very nice how you've done that. When I do shows during the day, they can see the buildings outside. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> but what thank you. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, though. It, it, uh, it took some time, and I am always trying to improve my my backdrop. But you're right; it's because uh, not only am I doing this for my audio podcast listeners, but I also have to produce a show that's visually appealing. Um, so I have to put some books there to pretend that I read. No, I'm only kidding. Right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so Ross, so yeah, you know, what, what are your thoughts about live streaming, live video? I mean. Um, we some years ago, not that long ago, I want to say maybe two years ago, um, or let's even date back further when we go back to, you know, live stream the brand as well as Ustream, there were there were some of the um some of the groundbreakers in 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 live streaming. And I think it was kind of underground perhaps at that time. And and people, especially with Ustream, people that had some more technical knowledge and ability uh, figured out how to do that and they had a following. But now uh, with, uh, and especially I would say that arguably with Meerkat and Periscope and now of course Facebook Live, it's brought live streaming to the masses, right? And so um, what, what, do, what do you think um, what do you think it looks like right now with all these platforms that are out there? And, you know, uh, let's start with that. I mean, there's so many different platforms to choose from, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you need to almost divide up uh, into sort of two categories, right? There's the cell phone broadcast where it's one person holding a, a cell phone and walking around or sitting or whatever they're doing, and they're talking into the cell phone, right? And then there's the sort of two-way uh, news talk, sports talk, you know, talk show interview format like we're doing here more often than not done on desktops using either a platform or, or some type of encoding software or something like that in order to make that happen. So um, I think the thing really took off when it became easier to go on mobile, right? Um, I never heard of any of those platforms or what was going on with any of that until Periscope and Meerkat came along and I was seeing Brian Fanzo constantly posting about, Hey, I'm going to be doing a speech on Periscope or, you know, catch me on Meerkat or whatever. And then at some point he started talking about this thing called Blab and we're going to chat about it on Blab, right? We're going to have a right. Twitter chat. We're also going to chat about it on Blab. I thought Blab was some sort of modern day, you know, chat room or whatever. Right. I had no right. idea that you go to Blab and you know, the name didn't exactly, now, give you the impression, uh -huh. right, that it was a sort of 
fantastic platform in many ways, right? And it was, right. it had its problems again, you know, technically it, it wasn't the greatest and, you know, the video quality, the overall, it, there, there were some things lacking, but in terms of a social platform and a communication platform and the ease of getting started on it, compare it to what Hangouts on Air was, for example, it just was so inviting for people to get started. It had that community feel and people just stayed on and had conversations. So that's that's where I think it sort of really took off, right? In in right. 2015, I guess. It, you know, mm -hmm. with Meerkat and Periscope uh and and Blab two of the three really no longer doing what they were doing at that time. Periscope, of course, uh is moving in in, you know, it's still it's still the one to many with the cell phone, but now with Periscope Producer, you can you can do more uh traditional broadcast type type you know, with multiple people and different camera shots and all that, you can go as far as your production capability will allow you now on, on Periscope. Um, and so that's where I see it coming together of sort of like TV and live streaming, right? right. Where live streaming is starting to move towards TV with people doing more produced uh, broadcasts and using platforms like Huzzah, like Be Live, you know, Blue Jeans and so forth or using Wirecast OBS, those type of encoder software, in order to go on from their desktop and conduct their interviews and add some even production elements to, to their broadcast. I think there's always going to be a place on Facebook Live and on Periscope for people to do, to, do the one-to-many with their cell phone. I think that's, that's great for capturing in the moment. It's great for behind-the-scenes look at things. And... Um, when there's no other option and news is breaking and something is happening, right? You don't have to wait anymore till the television crew can get out there and it's 30 minutes after the event and they're ha interviewing the two people hanging around in the street that still haven't left yet, right? Instead, right. anybody can pull out their phone and now you have actually video of the event as it happened, right? Or right after it happened and how people are reacting and what they're saying and all that kind of thing. So everybody's now a journalist. Everybody's now in the media business because of the cell phone and the ease of taking video and the ease of streaming that video live on Periscope or Facebook or wherever. Um, but the more produced uh, interview style broadcasts, right? I, I see those sort of moving a little more towards like TV, right? where people are going to start adding some graphics and lower thirds and thinking more about their background and their set and, you know, managing their time. If it's an hour show, it's an hour show and it's going to start at a certain time and it's going to have a little more of a format. doesn't mean there's not going to be a place for conversations and chatting and post-show and pre-show and some of these fun things that we do in live streaming that you don't get in TV. Um, but I think, you're going to uh, one day, I think we're not going to be able to tell that easily. Right. When we go to Facebook, whether we're watching TV or we're watching somebody broadcasting from their home studio, you know, it's really the democratization of broadcasting. Right. Right. Anybody with a microphone, a laptop uh, headset can pretty much get on and, and do something. And, you know, if you're creative, um, Loria was talking about it last night on on Livestream Stars she basically put together a background for $35 plus grabbed a couple of lights from Ikea and just used a bookcase and some things that she had in, in her house. So you can build a set even very inexpensively. And, and again, this gives people an opportunity no longer. Do uh, you have to break through the barriers, right? No longer are those barriers to entry so high that, you know, some executive producer somewhere has to say, oh, I think this could work for a six week. You know, you don't have right. to go in and spend twenty thousand dollars to shoot an infomercial to talk about your product. You can come on here and actually talk to potential customers. And, you know, it's your personality appeals and the product has some appeal and you can engage a community and so forth. Um, so when I right. see them merging together, I think at some point TV is going to look at. How do we bring in a chat? How do we make it more real time? Not, you know, 
okay, it's the debate and we're going to go out to Facebook for a question, right? One time for one pre-selected question. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with the way people would use Facebook on a live broadcast, right? right. It's, right, it's exactly. the most pre-planned, pre-staged, you know, almost like just saying, okay, we, we're partnering with Facebook, so let's go out and get two of the same questions anybody in our audience could have asked, right? <laughs> exactly. The That's beauty, a good point. The beauty, of the, chat, the beauty of the chat is I can bring in questions and comments from people who have insight into things that I don't have or who would ask a question. If I was interviewing you, there are going to be people in the chat who know things about you or about marketing or about your background or what you do that I wouldn't have thought of even if I spent hours and hours and hours preparing or researching. It's just not possible for any one person to think of everything. And and so I can't even imagine now doing a broadcast without a chat, whether or not, you know, sometimes you can't always reference the chat. You can't always bring it in at the right time or whatever. But just the idea that that audience is there, that they're contributing and that you can see what people are saying and get that real time feedback. I yeah. can't imagine it going back to broadcasting without that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great point. You know, Ross, um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution of broadcasting Te television, for example, as you brought up. I mean, I, I would say that um, reality television was a disruptor in, in television broadcasting, that it, it took the traditional format i mean so some may say there were other elements too you know how sitcoms have evolved and things like that and where you know laugh tracks were pulled off i mean all that but i think that you know if we got the actual you know natural laughing or no laughing right, um, right. but but um I, I really think that reality tv shook things up because um it seems that people were already moving toward wanting more realism we saw that in movies, movies were becoming a little bit more specific when it came to sexual acts or acts of violence. And they really wanted you to be in the movie and see the reality and leave little to the imagination. And I think that perhaps bred a reality TV audience that now um, has bred a live streaming audience that uh, people want it to be so real. In fact, that, you know, I think that, um, you know, maybe we will see more of that replacing traditional television programming. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you have a generation now that's come up and doesn't know a world without reality TV. I still remember when, like, the real world started on MTV, the first couple seasons of the real world. I, you know, I watched like everybody else that is like, well, this is amazing. Of course, it wasn't the real world wasn't really that real. Right. There were stage scenes and there were, you know, they cut out, you know, five minutes here and there from hours and hours and they create little challenges. And th I mean, it's hardly, hardly what would happen if 10 people moved into an apartment somewhere or whatever. And there was right. no TV crew and producers and all this stuff. Um but the but, you know, what, one of the aspects of that that I think now that you say this, um, you know, people would go into that confessional. Right. And they would just like say they're supposedly right. I'm sure like a right. producer handed them something and said, say one of these three things. No, don't say that. Say that. But let's pretend that it that was really just like they go in and they share their thoughts. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, when I see people now grab a, a cell phone and just. Start talking about what's going on in their day or what they liked about a, an event or something that happened at work or didn't like about it or, you know, a relationship or this or that. And I, I think I'm thinking that's kind of reality TV is kind of where that came from. Right. Mm -hmm. Because um, I still feel like I, I'm i in between the generate. Right. Like I, I know still know a world where before reality TV with the sitcoms, with the laugh track and stuff like that. Right. And and so it's not my inclination to share every feeling, every urge, every part of my life. I mean, I think you should be truthful, but there's a limit to transparency in terms of, you know, I don't know if I'm having a mm -hmm. private moment with my family or whatever. I don't think I need to Snapchat that or Instagram story it or, you know, I think we can just enjoy the moment for the moment. Right. But. That's why. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but when we're on, I think we should be, you know, when we talk about what whatever it is we're passionate about, then then it's important to be truthful. 
and and largely be transparent. I think that's all good. But um, I I do think, you know, I had a a show with um, Brie Kelly, who um, had written a blog post about, you know, why she doesn't Instagram her lunch. And there is an issue um, of people who have gotten so comfortable with the informality of live streaming and these conversations and everything. And they forget, you know, they don't think about this is all being recorded. And also the, the time that we spend where we don't have our camera on, we don't have our phone in our hand is very valuable. And sometimes it's not worth interrupting that, that time to stream everything or snap everything or whatever. So there's a balance, but I do think that that confessional kind of aspect of reality TV where you don't only like show the person going to their job, but then they come in the, this room and they talk about, well, I was thinking, and you even see sitcoms like the office went to that sort of style, right? The show, the office, there were different, different shows then go to that. I remember Bernie Mac show did that. He would, he would talk to the cat, like he talked to the camera, then he'd go back mm-hmm. to the action. Right? right. So I think a lot of that kind of did lead into it. And I hadn't thought about it that way until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting that uh, I don't know if you've noticed as well, when you look at the Facebook live commercial spots, um, they they seem to really be pushing the uh, nonsensical, uh, just capture the moment with your friends and family um, types of streams. They not, not if you pay attention to the commercials, none of them are people creating organized, structured broadcasts, something like what we're doing in this program. And um, my feeling, and I wonder if you agree, is that um, I don't know if the platforms, definitely Facebook Live, maybe the other platforms are different, but I don't know if some of the platforms are prepared for the evolution of live streaming because what seems to be happening is that there are a lot of uh, would-be broadcasters or broadcasters that came from a different medium that are now jumping on the live stream bandwagon and using it to really broadcast um, prepared content as opposed to just goofing off um, the way that I think some of uh, these platforms were expecting. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I I mean, when you, again, we're going back to Blab because we spent time there and, you know, they started out talking about, you know, bringing podcasters on, you know, towards the end, they pretended that that never happened. But when there was a time where they were inviting podcasters, do your show with a live audience on video record it will send you the mp3 as well as the mp4 will send you the audio file with the video file um i think i think what these platforms are looking at when you think back to that right you what they're looking at is what is going to have the biggest mass adoption i mean facebook is almost like you know gary vaynerchuk likes to say like social media is just really what we call the internet now well, pretty much Facebook is almost what we call the Internet, right? We're getting our news. We're, we're staying up to date with our family. We're having our, our live videos on. We're doing everything. You could you could well, Facebook. And that's what they're trying to be, right? They're trying to be the only place you go. They want to keep you on. They want you to only link internally, right? <laughs> correct. Correct. They, they want you to post your job openings on there rather than on LinkedIn. They want you to keep your video archive there instead of keeping it on, on YouTube. Um, and so I think that their thinking is how will most people use it? And while there is certainly a group of people like us who like to do these broadcasts, have some ability to do these broadcasts, see a purpose for it. I think when they think of the masses of people around the world who use Facebook, I think if they want live video to really be adopted by the masses, people are going to start with like, okay, here's a, here's a clip from a birthday party. Everybody get around. We're going to say hi live to our friend on the other side of the world, or, you know, here's my kid hitting a home run at at a baseball game. So the grandparents can see it in on the other side of the country or whatever. So, I I mean, I think that's where, you know, most people are going to use it. Most people aren't even thinking in terms of, okay, let's host a show in terms like let's and promote it. And then all the things that go into, you as you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not just you show up for an hour. There's, you have to book guests. You have to think about what you want to talk about. You have to promote it. You have to then share it out afterwards. You have to, 
engage a community or nobody will show up for you. So there's a, it's a lot of work. It's much, much easier to just grab your phone and talk about goof around and whatever. And let's, let's face it as well. There are people through vine and, you know, Instagram video and Snapchat who've made a fortune of money just doing the stupidest stuff you've ever seen. Right. So, um, (laughs) You can't even necessarily say that from a business perspective, I mean, it depends what your business is, right? I mean, if you're an accountant or something uh, going around the world doing splits probably isn't going to get you much business. But if you just want to monetize your broadcast, I don't know that this is the way to do it, right? Being Mm -hmm. silly, being stupid, being outrageous, being controversial. Um, You may kill your brand in terms of getting a nine to five, but that's probably the quickest way if you want to monetize this thing and, right. and and even have a chance to make big money. So I, I think that it's still a small community of early adopters. And, and, and one day I think you will see shows that come from here and maybe you're, it's already happening, right? Mm-hmm. That are going to be as good as what you see on TV. And somebody at Facebook is going to say, let's put some money behind that and make Facebook a TV channel or let's, you know, let's just amplify what they're doing. Like it's good enough as it is. We're going to make sure that everybody knows about Wagner live and everybody can find it, not just your community and people who are members of your group and are connected to you. And when that happens, why shouldn't I get my election coverage from you instead of CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever? I've just, I mean, when I, and, and I'm not talking at all about the content, um, or, or the politics or anything like that. But when I looked at what you were doing on election night, it hit me how close we are to this being something while not, you know, what you could do with a fancy production studio and all that, but damn it, it looked pretty much like what I was seeing on the news channels. Right. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it sure. goes back to the old thing about about like you know you look at journalists and things like okay somebody's got two Pulitzers and you know they've got they've got a column at the New York Times for thirty years so they must know what they're talking about even if they've <laughs> been wrong about every event that's ha- every major event in the last thirty years right right so somebody selected them and at some point and they've done what they've done, whether it's being a commentator or it's being an analyst or a reporter or whatever for so long that they have some credibility, but that doesn't mean that somebody who didn't go through that vetting, how, how soft it can be anyway, right. Right. Doesn't have that name can't come on and build their own audience now, which is something which you could never do before from a broadcasting perspective. So, Why can't I decide to get my news through your filter instead of through CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or or any of the major networks or PBS, all of which have their own filter, all of which to some degree or another take their cue from a few major newspapers about what they're going to talk about, um, which then have a filter of those editors. Now, I'm not saying there isn't an issue with fake news. There certainly is. Right. But we also have to be careful that when we start, who's going to be the arbiter of what's fake news and who's going to determine what gets through the censors and what doesn't. So um, this is a long explanation, (laughs) but basically what I'm saying is why can't you do as well as what CNN or Fox or MSNBC is doing? Because basically they're getting, they're going, they're having somebody sit at an anchor chair and ask the same questions that you're thinking of and I'm thinking of and whatever. And then they're getting right. two people from opposing points of view to scream and yell at each other for five minutes. And then they go to a commercial and then they come back with something else. And it's the same thing over and over again. So yeah, <laughs> you, why can't somebody else replicate that or do better or do right. better than that? And or do better. They, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that's where kind of where we're at right now. I think. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, um, imagine imagine a time where you watch your TV set and you're watching like a CNN and and imagine. I mean, just put yourself there right now where you're watching CNN and all of a sudden 
um, you, you hear you hear them saying, uh, well, this in the news and uh, oh, and, and Ross Brand had a really interesting comment uh, just now that he brought up. And uh, and yes, Ross, that is correct. That is what's happening right now uh, in Syria. And uh, and they continue to report. I mean, that kind of um, broadcasting that's so personal. It's like, oh, wow, they 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 really read what I just said. And he called out my name, you know, um, mm. that seems to be the future that may be laid out. I mean, none of us really know the future, but if uh, if we can kind of predict where things are going, that personalization is what's coming in now. Uh, or how about how about this, Wagner? Uh, on CNN, they say, and earlier today on Wagner Live on Facebook, Wagner spoke with a former ambassador to Syria who told him, blah, 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 that, right. you know, hasn't been in the discussion so far or whatever from a different vantage point. And it's valuable to the point that the mainstream media and the news can't avoid what you did on your show. Um, mm -hmm. And also, at, at what point um, does does this become good enough, right, at, yeah. at, a, at a level to broadcast it on the TV? And I, there are people who are already sending their broadcasts to Apple TV and Roku and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, so at, at what point does uh, some some TV network say, Boy, it's a heck of a lot cheaper to put something like a talk show like this on than it mm -hmm. is to have uh, to build a studio and a set and have lighting people and, uh, right. you know, five cameras and, um, you know, and, a staff and you know that what? serves, you know, and all that. Yeah. Whereas we just let them do it themselves and then we right. broadcast it. And if people like it, um, because you've seen you see like radio shows that they simulcast on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Not that different right. than what we're doing here. No, not that no, different. Exactly. They've got better yeah. lighting. They've got better sound. They've right. got a little staff helping. They've got somebody who's cutting up highlight clips and running them. Somebody who, if you say Syria, can show you some B-roll of a mm -hmm. you know of a war torn area, and if you say the presidential right. election, they can show you. A, a clip from a debate or something, even if they mm -hmm. just show it to you without even, you know, running the sound on it just to give context and keep your eye. But eventually we're going to be able to do that. Right. Or we add oh, yeah. one person who, who I mean, you can already if you have like Wirecast Pro, um, you can already do replays and, you know, mm -hmm. you can even do sporting events and things like that. So, I mean, right. I think it's exciting right. where this is where this is all going to go and how the worlds are going to come together because they're. They're very separate right now, um, but I think um, for people who may know Mario Armstrong, who's been on the Today Show, he's won mm -hmm. an Emmy. Sure. Um, he just landed a deal with Al Roker's uh, network right. for live streaming, yeah. and his show is going to really kind of marry the best of both worlds, right? It's going to be a traditional talk show in the sense of in-person guests, a studio audience, and all that. But it's also going to bring in the chat from Facebook Live. It's going to be broadcast mm -hmm. on Facebook Live, and it's going to have that interactivity that the live stream broadcasts, you know, really makes those broadcasts special. So right. I'm excited to see his show once that once that takes place. The Never Settle right. Show. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, the, the Never Settle show. show. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to help advance that movement, if you will, because you know, to your point. You know, we've moved kind of in this direction of bringing the non-traditional into the traditional. Um, you you see it now today. Like uh, years ago, you would never see bloggers uh, be uh, media guest experts that come in to an ABC News or CNN, and and these uh, these political uh, bloggers now will come in and they are valid resources. Uh, also, they they don't just come into the program um, in the light in their studio but also through Skype, you know, years ago, right. you would have never thought about somebody Skype calling an interview uh, into, into a TV program. So the, the path has already been set for what you're talking about. And it's not far-fetched to believe that very soon, you know, that example that you brought of me being uh, someone that interviewed a, a, a notable uh, figure in, in, in some kind of world event, that they wouldn't uh, go ahead and, and talk about my perspective. Now, the other thing that I wanted to bring up to you is that, you know, you talk about uh, the fake news, and that's really been um, in, in the news quite a bit, and how Mark Zuckerberg has been uh, dealing or figuring out how to deal with uh, with fake news, um, and 
there probably will be some that will say that uh, because of where we're going, that we're going to open up the door to uh, less authentic, well, not less authenticity, but less reliability in, in some of the content. But my argument would be, and I wonder if you agree, is that, um, you know, when you, your peers, your friends, your family, um, some of them tell you some some stories and that they that they heard quote unquote and then you speak to somebody else and it's not quite the same version of the story it's almost like, like that version of telephone right, right. and uh, right. So, so it's not until you speak to a few people that you kind of piece together what the truth is and um, and I, I would imagine that it won't be too different than because sometimes you know the the media uh, and we've seen this in the election they're very uh, skewed or leaning towards a particular party or a particular effort that they're trying to um, make happen so sometimes you can't really fully believe them but you might be better off believing somebody that you trust, like a Ross brand. I watch Ross. Ross has never lied to me before. And every time he said something, I've fact-checked him and he's always been right. So I'm going to rely on what he says. Right. Uh, you know, just to bring together the blogging thing, right? Remember when, when blogging was sort of taking off, right? And people in traditional media made fun of bloggers, like I'm an expert because I write for this fancy publication or I'm on this TV channel and this blogger, some idiot in their pajamas who doesn't know anything about anything until bloggers started exposing that photos that were submitted from war scenes and places like that were photoshopped and here's why and i'll go in and show you why it was photoshopped so the editors at places like the new york times and ap and reuters were missing the fact that the stringers that they were using on the ground were were, part, were, were either staging photos or photoshopping them or whatever and all of a sudden then those bloggers had a you know you had to have that blogger on because they broke the biggest story yeah, right. they fooled the news, right? So right. Um, once that kind of thing happened, it opened the door to, to look and say, well, why doesn't somebody who's blogging, who spends all day studying something, right, all day reading about it, all day learning about it, know more about it than somebody who one day is covering uh, the local fire and the next day they're covering a murder scene and the day after they get sent overseas to cover some international incident that they have no training or expertise at. I, I, right. I remember when I worked in radio, right. And occasionally a sports story would fill in, would become a news story. And so I would have to cover it for the news channel as opposed to covering it for the sports side. Right. Right. And there was an issue of, of gambling and college sports and, and there's an investigation and, and the NCAA was involved. And I went out there and I said to a news reporter, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable going live on something that I really don't know that much about. Because when it came to covering football or basketball or whatever, you just study up on the teams and you're probably following it anyway. Right. So, you know, who all the players are before you even go to a game. You'd know them. You know, you know, that stuff in your sleep. Right. right. Um, and the news reporter said to me, this is what it's like with everything we cover. We get sent out to something we didn't know was going to happen. The issues are things. So uh, there's there's no reason that 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 you can't have somebody who actually learns about something, you know, not necessarily having your feet on the ground, like mm -hmm. because they fly somebody in and they stand in front of where the eye of the hurricane's coming doesn't mean that they understand how hurricanes move or work or the damage they could do any better than somebody who, say, sat in their basement in their pajamas and spent all their time reading up. And having the most definitive blog on, you know, how hurricanes hit areas during certain time. You know, you, you get where I'm going at it, right? Absolutely. Like um, when I when I actually was covering college football, um, covering a specific team, right? I would joke that I don't know what's going on in the rest of college football like I used to because I'm too busy covering one team. So I can't watch all the other games, right? It's like the coaches and the writers vote in these polls in college sports, right? but they're spending all day focused on their own team. So how exactly do they really have time to watch all these teams around the country and decide which team is number one, two down to 25? They don't, they don't. Right. And that's, so um, it's a long winded point, but basically what I'm saying is, you know, who's going to be the arbiter of that, right? If you start censoring where does censoring end 
And where does it become, okay, I'm censoring a point of view that I don't like versus a point of view that uh, uh, something that's somewhat fake, but also has some, you know, in other words, the, the real the real news doesn't get it right all the time. Right. There's stories planted by people who leak things and all sorts of things that aren't aren't accurate. So right. I think we all have to I think it's it's somewhat on the consumer now to get better at noticing, you know, when you see something in your news feed and it's clearly a fake, you know, like, uh, I don't know, somebody's dead who's still alive or whatever. Call right. it out and say it's a fake. Right. <laughs> say that right. That's, that can't be true because. Yeah, look, yeah. here's a picture of him. I just screenshot from my computer. He's on TV right now. Right. So right. he's obviously alive. Um, so if we all, uh, you know, become a little bit better consumers, maybe that that can that can help, too. But yeah. I would be concerned, given Facebook's now power and and their ability to to be on top of every piece of information we get, that it's just too easy for them to look at what their global interests are and decide something that maybe has a, a little inaccuracy somewhere, but really is being censored because it goes against what Facebook likes. And we right. love you, Facebook. We love you. Don't <laughs> shut us down. That's right. Please don't, don't stop the stream. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you yes, know, that, yeah. that comes, you know, that comes with any organization that's big and, and you know, any human be human beings are frail. So, we, we we let any one person become or any one entity become the arbiter of what's real and what's false and what you should see and what you shouldn't see. That's where it gets problematic, I think, in a democracy. So I think it's on on us to get better at discerning what's fake and what's real. OK, sermon. Over. Absolutely. No, good, very, very, very good points, Ross. No, that was awesome. And, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see the evolution of live streaming with uh, political figures and uh, and others. I mean, uh, Donald Trump uh, recently has been talking about how he loves Twitter and uh, it's a great communication tool. He hasn't even figured out Facebook Live yet. Uh, imagine when he starts live streaming some stuff. And I think that uh, politicians and uh, and some other entities um, they've uh, they've they've had some concerns about live streaming because um, of the sensitivity of the information not being able to filter like you said before edit but um, we're probably not that far away from some of them just uh, and I think some of them already have tried it just going on there and doing a, a live stream you know well I I think when you look at the winners of recent presidential elections right. Um, Obama was clearly better than the two people that he ran against at using social media. And Trump was clearly better than Hillary at using social media and even in using Facebook Live because he was going live before the debate on Facebook Live and things like right. that. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, the, the danger is, is that um, you can't control the conversation, right? When something's published in the newspaper, there is very little conversation right there are the comments but you know a lot of newspapers when they're on their websites now don't even publish a lot of comments or shut down the comments altogether whatever so um i i think that the ability to go straight to the to the audience right to skip the filter you're seeing and, and forget politics you're seeing athletes do this now Derek mm -hmm. jeter's got uh, i can't remember the name of it but he's got a publication a website whatever where athletes just tell their story right to the fans without needing to go through a reporter's filter right through right. their lens through their story and you're seeing more and more athletes with mixed success just like with political candidates Mm -hmm. tweeting and saying exactly what's on their mind so that they don't have to worry about what a reporter says. They don't have to even talk to a reporter so that then right. they can use leverage when they're getting unfavorable coverage to say, well, you didn't write nicely about me. Um, so I'm just going to tweet my thoughts to my fans and I don't need to go through you anymore. You know, the media was the conduit to the audience. They don't have to be anymore. Right. I'm not saying that that's all a good thing. I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. Um, but it's changing the landscape and we got to adjust to that. And um, I do think if you look at the last three presidential elections and and come on, it's much more complicated than to be able to throw out and say, well, the one that was the candidate is better at social wins. Right. There's far more good that goes into to what's going on worldwide, locally with, you know, um, but clearly 
I think there's no way you can dispute the fact, particularly in 2008, that Obama was miles ahead of the McCain campaign in using social media. And Trump was well ahead of the, the Hillary campaign in terms of how he used social media and video and, and, and different things. So for what that's worth, and there's, like I said, there's a million other factors I'm sure that weigh in, but I think it's worth taking note, right? Mm -hmm. That the candidate that was less afraid to make use of new technology, um, willing to make mistakes or suffer the downsides of it ended up in the end winning in, in, in both 2008 I mean, 2012 is a tougher one to judge, but 2008 and 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 this year's election both went in ways that we couldn't have figured a year before. Right. Hillary was inevitable in in 2008. Right. right? And Obama came out of nowhere. Nobody thought when Trump announced that he was going to going to make it to the nomination, let alone. Right. So both of them had to find a way to connect to people and raise money and all all sorts of things. And I think that social media and you know was a part of it but i don't want to overplay it right but no of course it's interesting though just to just to think about that i mean it's a different time you're a heck of an interview you ask really great questions (laughs) oh thank you ross (laughs) thank you (laughs) um well listen why why don't um why don't we um see if we can get some questions um uh, i know that uh, the chat stream both on uh, Facebook Live and here on Huzzah has been pretty active. So let me uh, let me pass it off to uh, uh, to some of you guys in the audience. Uh, what w- what would you like to to ask Ross uh, that we haven't covered? Or uh, in the meantime, let's uh, let's also see what we missed on the chat stream. So let's see. I'll look at Facebook Live. How about this? I look at Facebook Live. You look at uh, Huzzah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I think I think Hazard might be the one where there might be more more questions here. Anna says she missed some of the intro, and uh, she, oh, <laughs> she wants How you to repeat it again. <laughs> Ross Ross says he's probably uh, told this story a zillion times, but a zillion and one doesn't hurt. Let's do it one more time. So I started writing for newspapers when I was in high school and college. Then I got job writing for newspapers after college. And somewhere along the line, got a bug to try radio. And when I did, I liked talking better than I did writing, although I still love to write and I've always loved to write. Um, I, I just got into radio and it, it took off and I spent 10 years doing that. I had other interests come along, thought I was done with broadcasting. And then I found that blab place and I couldn't stay away. So that's how I kind of fell in love with it again. That's the short, that's the Reader's Digest version. The full version will be in the autobiography coming up now. That's right. And uh, we will be launching it on this program in just a little while. <laughs> um, how about some other questions? I see we have some some uh, friends out there. Carlos uh, is in the audience. Um, hello, Carlos. Um, who else uh, is out there? Um Let's see, Carlos. Uh, do you have? Um, in fact, let me let me. Uh, and Sabrina is still uh, with us, and Alfredo decided to jump in on Huzzah, which is great. Um, uh, guys, you don't also have to just um, write out your questions. If you'd like to jump in uh, on video, I am more than glad to uh, invite you to jump in, and you can do a um, a video Q and A with Ross. So, um, uh, Carlos or somebody would uh, would you be interested in doing that? I know that uh, Anna's uh, Anna's PC is not is not capable of the of the task, but uh, Carlos, uh, speaking of someone who, you know, uh, sometimes in his PJs uh, has a whole whole bunch of uh, oh he's walking not on the computer. All right, so nobody's quite set up, um, but uh, he's he's someone who has been. Uh, if any of you watch Carlos Phoenix. Um, from the Lounge Network, he's uh, he's definitely been toying around with a lot of different platforms um, and switchers and stuff, and he's really trying to perfect that. And he comes from that production background. Um, Carlos Carlos is amazing at mobile video production. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've seen in person. He showed me how he does. It. Oh my god, yeah, 
He's yeah, and he's got he's got a, a passion for it. And and you know, I think I think the bottom line is uh, you got to have you got to have passion in what you do. You're you're passionate as well, and it and it shows in your in your live streams and and your support of the community. Um, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, for, for me, I, I'm def I do it out of passion. I'm not. Uh, I'm not live streaming to sell some products or anything like that. I'm giving back some knowledge based on what I do for a living and as a career. And I, I give back and, um, I, I used to be a recording artist as some people know, and, and, uh, was a singer. So being on a microphone is informed to me, but I, unlike you, I wasn't a broadcaster. So, well, you're, you're doing pretty well at it for somebody that <laughs> says he doesn't have experience. When I first saw you, I mean, you had it. You had the whole thing. I mean, you had the the setup. You had just professional. Your graphics are professional. The website oh, is right. So everything you do is is sort of thought out and and holistic. I I love what you're doing, and um, I, I imagine you're planning to keep at this, or you wouldn't have put so much so much effort into it. Absolutely. Um, I toyed around with some different formats for a while, and um, and then the Wagner Live uh, program seemed to really be the right uh the right niche and so yeah yeah i, I think i'm in i'm in it for the long haul with everybody else <laughs> I, I, we're all we're all gonna take we're all gonna take this to the future of television we're all gonna right. be on the big screen together <laughs> um and let's see carlos said some of that passion is also about control um how so uh can you frame that question a little uh, uh or statement a little differently? Do you mean that uh, um, you're passionate because you're in control or is it something else? Um, Anna says, love how you guys all take this on. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I say this often, uh, Ross especially um, has dedicated a good chunk of his live streaming to talk about other live streamers. And like you said earlier in the program to present almost kind of a TV guide, if you will, of live streaming, which um, uh, little by little is, is growing and, and people are, um, are looking forward to each episode of his uh, stream to, to get an idea of, uh, okay, who's going to be up this week and who do I need to watch? And, uh, myself, you know, I, I got some, um, I got some tips from one of his live videos and, um, and, uh, Loria, right. Is that the name? Yeah. Am I getting Loria. Loria. So, um, and in fact, you were talking about Loria earlier and, um, I'm, I have to look at some of uh, the shows again, because I really do like what she did with the backdrop and some of the cool lighting. So I want to check that out. Uh, yeah. so Carlos uh, responded, right? He said, um, oh no, he said, Hazad does not have a mobile video chat. Oh, oh, he's responding to Anna, but Carlos, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> um, I know ladies first, but you know, um, so daily show, right? The whole live stream community seemed to show up for Ross's anniversary of the of the show. Yes, they did. Love that. Yes, yes. I thought that was really, really cool. <laughs> that was very, very cool. Um, I was late late in the game. Otherwise, I would have recorded uh, something really, really fun and clever for Ross. Instead, <laughs> I just had to type it out. <laughs> we'll get you at the five year. <laughs> All right. So, Carlos, you had said some of that passion is also about control, and I didn't understand where you were going with that, so I didn't know how to respond. So, um, so if you can explain a little bit better what you were trying to say, um, I, uh, Ross or I can give you a good response there. Do 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 do. And you know that's that's also part of live streaming is the delay. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to phone a friend or ask the audience? <laughs> um, I will pick the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what did Carlos? What did Carlos mean by that mysterious comment? Well, if Carlos doesn't explain, I'm just going to invent <laughs> stuff. I'm just going to make up stuff, and I'm going to make it really ridiculous. You know. All right, the you broadcast. Going in and out. Uh, okay. All right. So we will we'll give um, we'll give Carlos a get out of free jail card on this one. Um, <laughs> or get out of jail free card. Oh one yeah, that one, one of those things. Yes. <laughs> uh, get out of free and go to jail now. <laughs> um, that's so good that I get to edit this later. 
um, all right. So um, any other questions uh, before we wrap this up? So um, Ross, um, what's, um, you know, what, what does the uh, future look like for you and your platforms? I mean, what do you have uh, coming up now? Um, certainly, you know, through the, the end of this year and, and do you even have some things uh, in the, in the pipeline for next year? It's funny you ask that. I booked my show pretty much the live stream star show that I do on Monday night, the weekly show. I booked that by, I don't know, May. I booked it for the rest of the year. I haven't booked anything for this coming year because I want to kind of be a little more flexible to what's going on and, you know, in the news and things like that. And also see where I, I might want to take things a little bit differently next year. Um, but as far as the updates go, I, I'd say that's like my number one priority. And so getting getting clips from people on that, getting people commenting on things that are related to live streaming in the news mm -hmm. and having more voices than just my own, having other voices and really giving people an opportunity to showcase their knowledge and their expertise so that one day they will be chosen by CNN or MSNBC, Fox, PBS to be the commentator because they, you know, have gotten the practice and the experience and they've built up their expertise. Right. So that's, that's obviously where I'd like it to go um, down the road. And other than that, you know, let's see, let's see what comes along, you know, and, and then adapt awesome. to that and try, try the different platforms and, and just, just keep plugging away at it. That's awesome. Well, Ross, um, hang out for a few minutes. I'm going to, sure. I'm going to close out the program. Um, and, and then I'd love for, for you to hang out and for you guys, um, in the chat and in the audience, if you don't mind hanging out for a little bit, just going to close this off for the recording. And then, uh, we'll have a, a little bit of a informal chat with the community. All right. All right. Here we go. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much to my guest, Ross Brand. And be sure to uh, look for Ross Brand on LivestreamUniverse.com. Did I get that correct, Ross? That is correct. Okay. Any other URL that you would like to provide to the audience? Sure. Um, my my uh, daily update is now in podcast form. So if you'd like to subscribe to that, it's LivestreamUniverse.com universe.com slash iTunes that'll take you there and if you like what you hear would love it if you left a, a rating review subscribed that would be that would be wonderful um, and want to get the the people that we're featuring out into the hands of more and more or the ears of more and more people so that they can hear them so I, I would love that thank you awesome. well thank you Ross and uh, we'll be taking a brief uh, break during the Thanksgiving holiday and we'll be returning on Wednesday, November 30th for episode 26 of Wagner Live, which will be the marketing midweek wrap up. And uh, you won't want to miss it. We'll have a lot of great stuff to talk about. And as always, if you'd like to send me your feedback, communicate with the show um, and for links to future live video broadcasts, go to Wagner.live. Until next time. This is Wagner, signing off. <laughs>